0: from being broke, to hope, to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Hello, welcome back, my friend. You may have noticed I did take a week off from releasing an episode. I hope you are taking time off in your life to get rejuvenated, revived. It doesn't just happen automatically i hope you enjoyed my birthday message it was fun to share that with you about me celebrating myself (laughs) i hope you are celebrating yourself you deserve to be celebrated every one of us are a precious individual yes you are i know we're not perfect But I sure hope you know what your strengths are and you celebrate that. And yes, you know where you might need to change, where some of your weaknesses are. Oftentimes, when we have a strength, there's kind of an opposite weakness. So take somebody who's an extrovert, for example, loves to be with people. Extroverts tend to be a little more chatty. And because of that, they may not be able to listen as well as those around them would like them to. Or if you're an introvert, there's times when those around you want to hear more from you, get to know you better, and you're going to have to kind of put yourself out there and talk more than you might want to. (laughs) Introverts tend to be pretty good listeners. So there's just some thoughts about strengths and weaknesses, which brings me to how it's been a year Since the pandemic has started, over a year, since we have had to quarantine, wear masks, do some social distancing, depending where you live in the world, it's been different for some places than others, I was asking myself, who have I become during this time when some things are out of my control, and not just in my world, but My family, my neighbors, my community. Who did I become? And I want to ask you that. Who did you become? What did you discover about yourself? It's a really good question to ask after we've been in this for a year, and it's not quite over yet, unfortunately. Who are you becoming now that it's been this long of a time with such changes? Going on around us. I noticed for myself that I did reach out to people more than I would have. I discovered some fears that I had, some struggles that I had, fear of losing comfort. I wasn't fearful of losing my health per se as much as comfort. (laughs) I discovered how important comfort is to me Maybe to a fault. And I know oftentimes when we go shopping, say the grocery store, a lot of the food in a grocery store is tailored toward comfort, convenience, taste, not necessarily our good health. Who have you become? What did you do when fears may have arisen in you? And I think there has been a lot of fear, fear of dying, fear of getting sick, fear of medical bills, different kinds of fear, fear of separation. And of course, it's understandable in many ways. The question is, how did you handle it? I hope you've been able to get stronger than you have been, that you were the one where people could turn to for strength, for hope. For comfort. We have had more apps and computer programs like Zoom to be able to connect with each other. I've used an app called Marco Polo, where I have a lot of my friends on there. What I like about this particular app is we can leave each other a video message any time and the other person can listen to the video message at their convenience (laughs) so it's nice to see the person's face to hear their voice there's ways to connect when it's physically not possible or maybe not prudent and make sure that you have people around you because we have to have each other no one can live without people Even if somebody lives off the grid by themselves, they still need people. People that make seeds or the generators that they use. There isn't anything that they have when it's only themselves. Okay. We do need each other. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing. Which brings me to what I. Also, want to talk about today, in addition to your faith being greater than your fears, which I hope that is what you discovered during this past year. Your faith, hope, and love being greater than your fears. I hope you enjoyed what I celebrated for my birthday and what I shared with you about my life, my spiritual life. Every one of us believes something. Even if you don't believe there is a God, it's still a kind of belief, whether you're an atheist or a theist or um, any other kind of, of religion, there's some kind of belief. It's like when you sit down in a chair, you believe it's going to be there, even if you're not consciously thinking about it. <laughs> we all have some kind of belief system. We are multifaceted people. I believe we have a spirit, a soul. We all know we have a body and we know we have a mind. Your spirituality is very important and know what you believe. I share what I believe and you can also go to a website called Who Jesus Christ Is. If you want to know more about Who Jesus Is, there's a website, whojesuschristis.com. What are the areas in our lives that we are impacted by or we we live out. Your spirituality is one. I think it's the most important. There's your relationship life. There's your financial life, which includes your budgeting, your career, earning income, how you spend your money, save. Hopefully you're saving some, giving some, <laughs> spending some, and well-balanced there. There is also your health, your physical well-being, And then the fifth area is your emotional, mental, well-being, your life, your brain, what you think with those. So that, in my opinion, is the five areas of life. Hopefully you're very balanced in those five areas of life. It's very important to understand yourself and know yourself. And again, don't be critical of who you are. I noticed recently after... I did some coaching that I have been more aware of what my thoughts and attitudes are, which I'm really glad about that. I do not want to live subconsciously, and I hope you are not wanting to live subconsciously or automatically just drifting through life, thinking you know where you're going, but yet kind of drifting and... I think Napoleon Hill has a a term for that. And I think it's drifting. (laughs) I forget exactly what it is. But we want to live with intentionality that I've shared with you before, which brings me to the main topic of this episode, which is having intention. I am going to share from... Barbara Stanley's book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women. We are reading this in my Mastermind Entrepreneur Women Book Club that I started. We meet monthly. I hope you're in a Mastermind group or go ahead and start one. It's it's really not that hard. Read Read a book once a month, get together, talk about it, strengthen each other, empower each other. It's really a wonderful experience. We are reading this book, taking two months to do it, because it's really chock full of a lot of great thoughts and information. The first book that I read of hers was called Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money, which I think I shared before with you after I first got divorced. That was really helpful for me, that I realized I made a man my financial plan, and that's not the way that we want to live and have our lives. This is chapter four in her book. I was really impressed with this chapter because I do know with the intentions that I have had recently, more specific goals. This month, I am making more money than I have in the last two years. Intention is really important. This book that she wrote... Secrets of Six-Figure Women, was interviews with high-earning women that earned at least $100,000 up to $7 million. And this chapter four on intention is really important. I want you to have intention, declared intention about where you're going and where you want to end up, because things will start happening for you. The definition of intention, according to the Webster Dictionary, is simply a determination to act in a certain way. (laughs) That's all. It's determination to act in a certain way. One question that she asked all the women that she interviewed is this question, was it your goal to make a lot of money? The reason she asked that question at the beginning of interviews is to see if there was a pattern. And she noticed there was a pattern in the responses that she had. Like when one, one, one woman said no, she had to admit it wasn't to make a lot of money. It was the recognition that motivated her. And making money is part of what has to happen with an intention to get financially successful. And she said that each woman would describe a point in her life when she said something to herself like, it's time to make money, or it's time to make more money. Now, I'm paraphrasing the book. It's a really good book, but I am paraphrasing a lot of what she said and mentioned that with one woman, the instant she made that explicit declaration to make more money her life took a completely different turn. And that's what Barbara noticed with her interviewees. She said, indeed, there wasn't one of them that achieved financial success until such a declaration was made. And that's what she believes. It is really key that unless you make up your mind, that's what you want to become a higher earner. No matter where you are, whether you're starting over or moving up. And for whatever your reasons are, it still needs to be some kind of a declared intention. She goes on to talk about what woman said, well, one woman said is a profit motive that she discovered with some men that she worked with. And for the first time, she was around people who had that kind of a motive, a profit motive. And understanding the profit motive was key for that woman. And Barbara believes it's a key for every six-figure female. And again, it needs to be a stated intent, something you speak out loud, something you think about. And she goes on to say that with the stated intent, they didn't even necessarily aspire to a specific amount always, or that money was their primary goal, but they were unquestionably motivated by making a profit. She also shared that each woman in search of her dreams knew it'd take dollars to make that dream possible. And it's true. (laughs) It does take dollars. No matter what your dreams are, if you're single and you're, you're hoping to find a gentleman, there will be money involved with what you're going to do to meet such a man. Whether it's driving somewhere, whether it's your wardrobe, <laughs> I, I know it's kind of a bunny trail in a way, I don't really talk about dating on this, this podcast because there are plenty of podcasts about starting over which tend to be about relationships and i'm sure there are some good ones about that we need to be open to possibility she also discovered another important secret and that certainty or lack of it is inconsequential you only need to be open and receptive to the possibility not necessarily completely convinced you can do it That's what she shared about so many of these high earners. They actually never believed they would actually happen with the money, but their intention was declared and it was so strong that money came along. Also, these women did not always know precisely how would they achieve all the zeros they wanted to add (laughs) to their income. And most didn't even have the slightest idea. I hope this is encouraging for you. One of the most hopeful messages she learned from these women is we need not fully believe something's possible, much less have a full-blown plan firmly in place. It helps, but this is kind of good news. She says we just have to decide what we want and be willing to do whatever comes next that's taking action my friend (laughs) nothing's going to happen except by taking action when you commit to a goal without knowing exactly how to achieve it what happens is you automatically trigger a tremendous power now i would say that's in your mind your motives When your intention is strong and your commitment is staunch, the how-tos invariably show up. It reminds me of what Jim Rohn said. The greater the why, the easier the how. He has passed away, but he's one of the greatest motivational speakers. Just a really kind, good man. He was kind of the first motivational speaker out there where there were Uh, multi-level companies or network marketing companies like uh, Amway that would have him come speak to their people. And he helped them really get motivated in what they're doing. She goes on to say how intention actually attracts success. She doesn't really believe in luck per se. She said it can kind of be a frequent companion but only of a firmly fixed focus. Our attention becomes like a magnet, inexplicably drawing to us whatever we need to take the next step. She wrote about a woman, Lois Carrier, who when she finally decided to quit her job in the church, she was amazed at the coincidences and things that started to occur. She said, when I made my decision to change the way I was living, God just sent people into my life who are more enlightened than I, who talked to me, helped me, who really made a difference. And there's times when we do need to shut the door where we are no longer growing. It's not serving us anymore for where we want to end up and what our intention needs to be. Strong intentions have been known to produce sheer miracles, she goes on to write. When your intentions are deep and compelling and your commitment's strong and inflexible, you're more likely to keep going when the going gets tough. Reminds me of the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. Okay, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our intentions become our reality. Yes, they do. They can cause us to pay attention to certain stimuli while totally ignoring a plethora of other possibilities. We don't want to be distracted by possibilities that are not going to be what our declared attentions are and where we want to end up. It's like living consciously. The path to higher earnings is paved with a lot of decisions. Many times one right after the other. Do you call back a client or phone up a friend? Every time you act on your decisions, keeping your promise to yourself by honoring your intention, you actually build your own self-esteem. You feel better about yourself. And a stronger self-esteem only enhances your chances for greater success. And we face these decisions every day i know i do and the decisions are important i put a little note on the side that said sacrifice leads to freedom i've noticed in our culture lately we don't hear the word sacrifice like we used to sacrifice the only way to have freedom in our life, it is through sacrifice. Sacrificing maybe a fun event that you would rather do, sacrificing certain time, sacrificing the wrong relationship. (laughs) I don't mean sacrificing yourself, your family, your faith. No, it's not that kind of sacrifice. But maybe instead of calling up that friend, you're going to call back a client and that's the kind of sacrifice that i'm talking about it's important to know and it's interesting in life how the opposite of what we want to do sometimes is the very thing that we need to do to get to where we want to go you want freedom What do you need to give up to have that freedom, that financial freedom? There's going to be something to give up. Some of it could just be the way you think. (laughs) Stinking thinking. As (laughs) We've heard of stinking (laughs) thinking. You run into trouble when your expressed intentions are at odds with your unconscious ones. That's very important to be aware of. When an implicit desire, say to be comfortable, is stronger than your spoken intention to be profitable, you'll stop yourself at every turn. That's that auto-suggestion that has been written about by Napoleon Hill and Sharon Lecter. I put a star by that. I think it's true. <laughs> I was like earlier, I talked about how comfort was really important to me during this pandemic. I noticed that. Comfort. I was astounded at myself, actually. <laughs> how I was concerned about my comfort. We want to know what's the message that's reaching our brain. And are you making the right decisions? And did you know that no decision, after all, is a decision? yes it is and as i've shared many times on this podcast your brain is going to resist what will be uncomfortable sometimes we have to tell our mind thank you very much but sit down and i need to do this over here (laughs) because oftentimes we say we do but we really don't what wins out is that message in our brain, we say we and believe we want to make more, but what message is reaching your brain? She goes on to talk about, why in the world would any of us intend not to be successful? Well, part of it, it's scary. It's scary if you fail. It's scary if you succeed for some people. It's kind of like... If you're afraid of heights, what's going to happen? Are you going to want to scale a cliff? No. (laughs) Anyway, it's actually part of human nature, says a psychologist, Abraham Maslow. We crave and fear becoming truly ourselves, which is what becoming a successful high earner is really all about. We can crave and fear the same thing. I thought that was really good. So that's, that's just normal and natural. She talked about another woman, Jolene Godfrey, asked herself that very question soon after she founded Independent Means about what she que- uh, craved and feared. She said, Here I was encouraging women to be economically empowered, and I was non empowered, and she was non-profit. She decided to walk the talk. Yes, she did. Barbara says, or Jolene, I guess is in the minority. Ask most women how much money they like to make and you'd be apt to hear, enough to get by, enough to be comfortable. Too many women downplay the financial side of life, dismiss their lows as, oh, no big deal and adopt what some have called a bake sale mentality. I thought that was such a good, a good analogy. And she says, we need to practice adding zeros. Yet for many women who believe big money is a bad thing, hearing someone say, I want to make money, sounds tasteless, self-serving, and materialistic. I, I've struggled with that myself. Their motives seem suspect. Their values seem askew. Such women automatically link the words profit motive with greed, self-interest. Consider the concept immoral and blame it for what's wrong with the government, politicians, and big corporations. Mm -mm -mm. No, my friend, that is not the kind of thoughts we want to have. But did you know that in the early drafts, of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson originally penned the words Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Prosperity. Wow. Only later did he substitute happiness for prosperity. So now it reads that we want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I like prosperity there. (laughs) but I I put a lot of X's and underlines on this page because, oh, that sounds like me. Does that sound like you, my friend? I call it money shaming. And I think one reason, too, I'm making more money this month is I'm getting over money shaming. I've done this to myself. We've been taught wrongly in a lot of ways. One of the most misquoted verses from the Bible is about money. We hear way too often, money is the root of all evil. What? That's not true. It's not the root of rape. It's not the root of gluttony. It is not the root of all evil. The actual verse says, the love of money is a root of all evil kinds of evil which we know that we know people that have a lot of money can sometimes be prone to greediness or corruption not everybody but not everyone is able to even handle wealth we've heard of people that win the lottery and all of a sudden they just spend it all and they're broke i actually had a distant relative that won a lottery and they were getting And this was many, many years ago, $20,000 a year. But yet they ended up calling my dad and asking to borrow money. And here they won the lottery, and yet they were broke. She writes, God intends for us to have whatever our hearts desires. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is someone she interviewed, Lois Carrier. I believe that if you're a human being, you have the inherent right to be as wealthy as you want to be, said Lois, a financial advisor. I had a very religious upbringing. I do believe God intends for us to have whatever our hearts desire. There's nothing wrong with that. The mindset was plainly missing for conversations she had with under earners. Barbara says until you're able to give yourself permission to pursue prosperity in your own right, as your right, your best intentions will remain mere pipe dreams, or at best, delusions of grandeur with no relationship to reality. Until you see profit as a virtue, not a vice, as a prerogative and not an impri- impropriety. Whoops, boy, that's really bad. <laughs> impropriety. You won't have a sliver of hope for increasing your earnings. But change in perception, a shift in your thinking, can transform a chronic under-earner into a six-figure woman. Now again, money-shaming. Really, we do money-shame ourselves in a lot of ways, or we short-change ourselves by saying, oh, it's no big deal. This is what I'm earning. I can I can live on this. Lastly, she talks about crafting an intention, and it's an inside job. That's an indeed a question we should all be asking ourselves, especially when financial gain is not forthcoming. Here's a question. Why wouldn't I want to make more money? If you're not getting it, it's really because chances are you don't want it. I thought, what? <laughs> a declaration of intention by itself may not be enough to get you over the hump. You also need to figure out what's holding you back. So know what your intention is, know what your self-limiting beliefs are, holding you back. She talked about this one woman in a course of a conversation. She was talking to her on the phone, and the woman was complaining that her income could be substantially higher if she didn't have kids. Now pay attention to this, single moms. Then the woman stopped suddenly, sighed deeply, and ruefully admitted, listen to me. That's been my self-talk for the past two years. I can't make more because of family. How negative is that? It's my mother talking, not me. I know good and well. I can work when I want and make more money. I can hire trainers, get out more products, produce a video, finish my book. Her sudden awareness spawned a slew of ideas. This is why the inner work is so critical, especially at the outset. I've talked a lot of, on this podcast. Please listen to previous episodes. Every one will have a gold nugget for you. Every episode where I have a guest or episodes where I solo episode, they will be great for you. And you know what you'll notice when you go back and listen? Because you are growing, I believe you are growing you'll hear things differently and you'll be able to build on what you're doing with starting over and moving up and changing. You have to make sure your declared intention is as authentic reflection of who you are and what you want, that conflicting intentions aren't inadvertently impeding your progress and that your intent to profit doesn't run counter to the way you are raised, the role you've assumed or the beliefs you embrace. Over and over, these women, Barbara interviewed, told her how their financial success came on the heels of some personal insight. And I know somewhere in the book that she said that what the first key was to realize something is wrong. (laughs) Something is wrong. All right, my friend. I hope you have enjoyed these excerpts from this wonderful book. Also, have you downloaded from my website the page of affirmations? I hope you're affirming yourself every day. I have a page there. It's free. You can go to womenstartingover.com to the resources page and get a free download of that sheet of affirmations. So you're affirming yourself every single day. And follow Women Starting Over on Instagram. Follow me and introduce yourself so I know you are a listener. I love hearing from listeners. If there's anyone that you want me to interview as a guest, feel free to let me know. Email me, Nora, at womenstarting.com. Or if you have a story of success where you were broke and now, you are financially successful, would love to hear from you, and possibly have you as a guest on this podcast. Remember, you are loved, live loved, you're loved by God and me and many other people. Bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.